Welcome to the Books, Beards, Booze podcast, where we talk books, drink booze, and have beards. All right. As always, I am Bob of Tales by Bob. I'm the ass of the podcast, Derek. I am unpaid intern, Tanya. I think I've been no, <laughs> demoted. No. Uh... Spare parts. Spare parts. Spare parts. Spare parts. You can be creative consultant, but just creative consultant. No more of this best person nonsense. Nonsense after. I feel like that fits me better, though. I'm sure you would. But, and yet, I'm on this podcast, so clearly you can't be the best person. I'm pretty sure our viewership, like, tripled since I've been on here. Hard no. (laughs) It has gone up. Yes, because I'm great. I'm best. Um... Or people I'm like Tanya. to hear us. I'm just Tanya. I'm just regular, regular old Tanya. Are you regular Tanya? Is I'm that just regular, regular Tanya. Tanya? Just, just that's regular. Na- that's what you are now. Just regular Tanya. Regular, just regular Tanya. old Tanya. Yep. Hmm. <laughs> um, so this week we have a, I think, an interesting topic for you. Uh, we decided that we were going to talk about what book has had the most effect on each of our lives. Um, I know in the past we talked about, uh, what was it like, we did a, a kind of a similar thing. What was it that we did? That was, oh, I'm blanking hard. I'm, I am super sleep deprived. I know I we've done like our favorite books. Oh, what book had the most emotional impact? Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. What book oh. had the most emotional impact on you? Oh but yeah, like is, books you could remember your feels and yeah. stuff about. But this yeah. is not about your feels. This is like, I guess a book that has changed your life in some way mm-hmm. kind of deal. So, uh, who would like to start us off? I will. All right. Um, like, one of my the most influential books for me um, was Charlotte's Web by E.B. White. Wow. That's weird. Did you pick that book, too? Well, no, because we talked about Charlotte's Web on I the know, news episode. Was, yeah. Um, reason being is that's one of the, like, the first book I can remember reading that got me into really loving reading um i did book reports for charlotte's web like three years in a row like no shame three years in a row like bitch charlotte's web i'm reading it again so again each time or are you just i think i read it each time but then like i didn't make my arts and crafts over again like wait what we had to we had to do props for our book reports and i i was the student who I would do all of the research. Derek, is that a thing you had to do? Did you have to do props for your book reports? I uh, what are those shoebox dioramas? Dioramas, yeah. I did, I did that a couple times. I had to do dioramas, but it was for animals. Uh, but no, I, I had to do a diorama about hippos. Mine was. Um, I love hippos. I think mine was elephants, but uh, hippos will fuck you up. They will. They're the what? most terrifying. <laughs> yeah, let's. But they're adorable with their floppy little ears. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I want to do a quick aside, just a quick like little bears. L- a quick, <laughs> they're not adorable. <laughs> um, a quick little recommendation. I love hippos um, because they're cute and they are Vicious. lethal as fuck. Like really, like look up hippos. They kill more people every year than like croc. Like basically every other critter in Africa combined. They fuck your world up. Um, and I fell in love with them first in the book Congo. Uh, with Michael Crichton. Great book. Anyway, I highly recommend that everyone, I know I've recommended this on the podcast before, but go oh, pick yeah. up the book mm-hmm. American Hippo. It's yeah. a alternate history where they imported hippos 
to be basically water cows and they got loose in Louisiana. And it's great. It's a West. You know how they said like Django Unchained wasn't a Western. It was a Southern. That's what this is. It's a Western set in the South where they ride hippos and it's glorious. Yeah. Okay then. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Charlotte's Web. One of the really like most influential books for me. Cause it was like, wow, this book is great. And that's what got me really starting reading as a youngin. Yeah. So, I can't rem- yeah. I can't really remember what book got me started reading, but I did read Charlotte's Web and I I remember I I don't remember the book as much as I remember the animated cartoon yeah. of it with Templeton the Rat. Yeah. Yeah. Like I remember, you know, we got those styrofoam circles like um spheres. Yeah. We'd yeah. cut them in half and like my mom helped me she, I did the research. She did the crafty stuff. It was like that was kind of our deal. I don't do arts and crafts. I do, I do them now, but I didn't do them then. Um, so she like put this black sock over and put pipe cleaner legs and turned it into the spider. So I just had the same oh. spider prop like every I was year. To but think then I kind of you, added something to it. I was trying to think of how you turn a a sphere into a pig. Like that's no, kind of we cut that. the sphere in half and turned yeah. it into a the scooter. Yeah, yeah I, I get that. Into Charlotte. I get that now. Okay. But, but yeah, Charlotte's Web, but you be white. Yeah. Well, since you went that that avenue, okay. I can go to one of mine right. because it's for the same reason. It's why I started reading, and it's Magician by Raymond E. Feist. Uh-huh. I, uh huh. I had always wanted to read a book, like other than like audio autobiographies and stuff like that. My brother's a big reader. He had a full bookshelf of fantasy books, and I always wanted to read them, but I did not have the attention span or willingness to sit down and actually read one. Mm-hmm. And then one, and then as soon as we moved to Alabama into the country, and I didn't have any anything else I could do. Yeah, I found the time over the summer, and I re- read yeah, the first one. You definitely one. don't want to be outside in Alabama in the summer; it' real hot. And I read the first one. And was like, oh my god, this is the best shit ever. And then I read the other nine that I had read before I came back from summer break. And that was the end. Like, that was literally, that changed my life because I now have a degree in English. And that is why I have that degree. And it's why I had almost all the hobbies that I've had since then because I used to write a lot yeah. and read a lot. Would you say it that it really, that. is that like where your general nerdery started, would you say? 100%. Had you, were you into anime at that point? Had you gotten into anime at all? I Yeah, I had just started. Like the, These things happened around the but, same time because yeah. then I read that and then I was watching anime and then I wanted to draw, but I couldn't draw. But then I could, I was like, oh, well. I can write because I've been reading a lot. I have these words that I can write these things please, that I want to see. Please revenge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, that's kind of where that went. Hmm. So yeah, pretty much the entirety of the course of my academic life, at least, between since seventh grade, has been affected by this one book. Nice. Hmm. I like it. I like it. And I've so far I've read both of y'all's books. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I know I ain't read yours. Yeah, and y'all will not have read. You either. out here talking about. Dog books and hippos and mm-hmm. you know I I this isn't on my list but I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this one out um, because uh, I love the James Harriet books absolutely love them and for those who don't know James Harriet was a British vet uh, around the time of uh, like World War Two 
uh, and uh, he he was Scottish, but he went to England. Uh, BBC did a TV show based on his books, and he just wrote he wrote four main books that are I can never remember them all, but it's like all creatures great and small, all things wild and wonderful. The Lord God made them all, and there's another line in there. like it's like a famous kind of like right. poem, and he used the four <laughs> lines of that poem as the four titles of his books. Um, and I read all of them, and I loved them all. But he put one out called Dog Stories, which like collected all his dog stories together. And I loved that book so much. And like that book, uh, for the it's long... almost why I mentioned it. Yeah, yeah, it's like I almost became a vet because of that book. Like for a veterinarian. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. We said he was a no, he vet. Was a... I was thinking like pew pew. I kill people. Huh. That's okay. why I was kind of. Con- I was like, "You wanted to be a veteran? No, no. a veterinarian. A veterinarian. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. No, no. Yeah. He wanted to be a vet. I wanted to be a vet. I was. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> no. And so, like, uh, for a long time, I was re- seriously considered like I was going to go to Auburn because uh, they have a really good veterinary college. Because I, I mean, they're farm school. You know, they. Hmm. You know, they got to be good at something, I guess. Hmm. Uh, sure, not football. <laughs> I think they had a really good recruiting class, though. We always have a good recruit. Yeah. Moving on, but, you know, and so uh, get on the and like my dad was dad was all in on that idea. He backed that play one hundred. He wanted to be me to be a vet real bad. And then I basically realized, like you know, like vets sometimes have to put dogs down. Yeah, and that's just not what I'm about. Like I'm not. I'm, that's really selfish of you, Bob. If you had thought about it, think about how sad it is when an animal dies. You could have been that person there to help those people through that. You know what, like, the saddest fucking thing? That. Is, that. like, when people put their animals down and then just leave them. I've heard, like, vets talk about, like, they look for you when they leave and they're dying and you're not there. And I'm like, oh, Christ. Why would you say this, Tanya? Because that's a thing. And what? you have I to didn't... be compassionate to Yeah, well, animals. and I definitely just went with my mom, like, a month ago to put a dog down. And the vet asked if we wanted to leave. And we left. And so now I know Oh, that my God. The dog was looking for us. It's so Oh, sad. my God. Awesome. So oh, my God. Great. That's awesome. Like he saddest. like encouraged like, oh y'all can like you know, go ahead and leave. We'll take care of everything. Like no. we realize it's sad. Go ahead and leave. Like I mean we stayed for a little while, but yeah. like we didn't stay for like a half hour. Yeah. So well, yeah, great. I've heard lots of stories. Great. Well, I'm a monster like... now. Well, I mean you were a monster. So tell me before, more but... about how you wanted to be a vet. And no, <laughs> that 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 ship has sailed. <laughs> oh Although that God. said, we spent a good fifteen minutes a day listing all the ways that Tanya has killed a hamster. Okay. In her defense, we're not it wasn't telling, just we're not, hamsters. We're not diving into it was stories. All I the animals she's killed. I did not actively kill any of these hamsters. They just died near me. They literally poisoned themselves to get away from her, leapt to their death to get away from her, <laughs> committed murder suicide. Murder suicided themselves to get away from her. <laughs> I'm not dr- saying she's a serial killer. <laughs> I'm just saying lots of things die around her suspiciously. <laughs> then drowned in the toilet. So, anyways, yeah. yeah. Um. So let's. All right. So the first okay. book I am actually going to talk about okay. is "Illusions: Adventures of a Reluctant Messiah" by Richard Bach. Okay, I recommend this book to a ton of people, and no one ever reads it. I think like, I read it. In, I don't, yeah, I think she did too. Maybe. Okay. 
But like pretty much no one ever. I don't ever remember reaches. anything about yeah, it. Yeah. But well, you wrote a over. you wrote a book similar to it, "God's Debris" by Scott Adams, which yeah. I think you don't remember reading. I remember it once you once you okay, said yeah. something about it. I was like, oh yeah, I did have that. Yeah. But. So God's Debris is a similar kind of book. Yeah. Um, but so Richard Bach, he wrote a book before this called Jonathan Livingston Siegel, which was a massive hit. I uh, before, the name. Was before we were born, but it really, really, really short book, but it's kind of metaphysical, mm-hmm. kind of spiritual kind of book about a seagull. Well, it, I always fuck up what it's called, but we'll just call it Illusions for this. So Illusions uh, is about these two guys who fly... Uh, biplanes like antique biplanes and they just go around like farm to farm giving people rights well they don't start out together they meet up early in the book and uh the basically like the younger guy comes to realize that the older guy is a messiah like he was a a messiah who just like you know what i'm tired of people like misinterpreting what I say, or like kind of ignoring my message and just trying to take from me what they want. So I, I quit. <laughs> I'm just, I'm done. Yeah. Like, I'm out. Um, and so here's where we're going to take a turn into insanity, Bill. Uh, so a large point part of this book is basically kind of to a degree talking about you determine the nature of your reality. Uh, Accurate. And, uh, that has influenced my life more than probably anything. Well, that's just, like 100% true, though. Just like... I, yeah. Just like yeah. I, I... It's hard to it's hard to describe, but just like... Yeah, like you control your reality to a degree. And like I just always feel like if I was just better at it... That like you know like affirmations you ever hear about affirmations like where you write something down like a hundred times on a sheet of paper and you do that every day mm-hmm. for like months and then it comes true in like weirdly specific ways and like the idea is that you know you are you're basically guiding your consciousness into the reality where that is true kind of deal like I kind of believe in that stuff like a lot I believe in it more than I believe in most anything and yet. At the same time, don't really do anything about it, which I'm kind of a shitty disciple. <laughs> um, but I always just think, like, you know, if I just worked at it harder or actually put in any... I've tried doing affirmations a couple times when I'm lazy, and I always quit after, like, three days. Uh, but, like, yeah, so that book has probably done more to influence my worldview. And, like, in a related note, God's Debris mm-hmm. influenced that as well. And uh, the, like, last chapter of, again, Scott Adams, where Scott Adams kind of the basis for God's debris. He wrote a book of predictions, like funny Dilbert. Scott Adams is the guy who did Dilbert um, or does Dilbert. He wrote a book of like his predictions for the future, which is kind of funny to go back and read now. Cause some of his predictions were right, but then some of them were horribly, horribly wrong. Uh, but the last chapter uh, he talked about his prediction is that the theory of evolution will be overturned in the next 100 years. Uh, and, not because he thinks that it's wrong, but he thinks that our understanding of it will fundamentally change. Uh, and part of that is because of his viewpoint of the nature of reality. And he talks a lot about this. Like, uh, interestingly, there was a study done. Like, there, there, there are studies like in physics where you observing a thing changes the results. Yeah. There's no way that it should have that effect, but it does. You observing yeah. it changes the past, basically, yep. and yep. stuff like that. And so, um, I don't know. That's... That's kind of like 
thinking about that kind of stuff has probably had more influence on me than any other book. No, I 100% am down with, you know, like you view the world that you think is there. If you think that the world is a cold and cruel place, then you've primed your mind to see those things and that's all you're going to see. Well, see, that's that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying you see what you think you're going to see. I'm literally saying you determine your own reality. It's not like I think the world is bleak, so I'm going to see bleakness. It's I think the world is bleak, so the world is actually bleak. Hmm. Actually, weirdly, weird aside, while we were at, uh, I joke about it all the time, like all the time. But uh, I was being uh, Anthony. We'd gone to go get that cooler. Yeah. And uh, I stopped by a register to get, we went through the garden center. I was like, well, let's go up to the front so I can go grab a 20-ounce Coke. Because I know they're going to be up with those registers. And I don't think there'll be one by the, uh, I just don't want to risk it. There might not be one up by the, by the garden center. And so we get over there and of course there is one at the garden center. And I joked about it. I was like, well, you know, if the way my luck is and how I perceive my luck, that, you know, if I had not gotten it from the up by the front registers there, wouldn't, be, there wouldn't. wouldn't have been one like reality would have changed by the time i got to the garden center to where there hmm. wouldn't be one because of my perception of or like my belief in my own luck or you could have hmm. been like hey derek i know you go to that walmart all the time i don't see you as a garden center guy though but i've been through there repeatedly well, looking for things and i knew that there was drinks there hence well, me saying hey yeah there were drinks there before you finished this story hmm. now i know yeah hmm. now i know hmm. tanya What's your second book? Because um, you said you so, had two books, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's still kind of in the same vein uh, of sorts. Um, it's not one book. It's a series. The Alex Cross books by oh, James the, Patterson. The murder books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, no. that's the only reason she's here today, guys. Yeah. Because she learned how to get away with all the murders. No, yeah. no. Again, it's something that, like, uh, rekindled that reading fire for me. Like... We didn't really d- talk about what kind of books were supposed to be super influential for us. You went like deep metaphysical. I'm talking. Oh no, about, my like, next one is cool, super great. All right, well, <laughs> well no, um, it's what book had an effect on you? Yeah, what yeah, changed just, your life in any way? Yeah. Well, I mean, I I picked up the Alex Cross books in middle school when things were super awkward. When you were young and impressionable and ready to... <laughs> you'd killed a bunch of hamsters and you, you're ready you to move on to humans. On to yep. At the hum- same time, humans. I also read a book about like how to determine a serial killer. <laughs> and you're like, oh, well, that applies, that applies, that applies, that applies. No, like I, I just, I don't know, didn't connect a whole lot with people. I mean, I had friends, but... Um, she just felt different. No, I just, you know, I don't know. You didn't connect with live people, so you... Figured you'd see if, if you, you could connect with corpses. No, yikes. it makes perfect sense. Yikes! Yikes! And okay. you're a robot, so, so you probably, so you probably did. <laughs> you were just like, yeah. yeah. No, if you remove the life from oh, these things, no. they're pretty cool. <laughs> they do what you want, then. Oh, Jesus! God, I'm just imagining you like dressing like corpses in little doll clothes and just like oh. cabbage patch dolls. Yeah. Okay. But no, like I would. Um, God, this is going to sound terrible the more now. I talk about yeah. it. But it's like, you know, I'd kind of sit by myself at lunch and read these books and kind of made me not hate life so bad. Like, hey, 
That's cool. Books are cool. <laughs> I can grow up and become whatever I want, including a, a serial, serial killer. killer. <laughs> no, Alex Cross isn't a serial killer. He's a detective. I know, but yeah. doesn't he catch? Did you killers? ever? Speaking of which, did y'all ever either y'all ever read The Bone Collector? No. Uh, no, but I saw the movie. Yeah. Well, that's the guy the, with the taxi. Yeah. The mo- Yeah, that's part of it. But the yeah. movie's got Denzel, Denzel Washington, yeah. Queen Latifah, Queen Latifah, yeah, uh, and. Angelina Jolie, right? Isn't that the yeah? Yeah. Angie's mm. in it. yeah. Oh god, great movie. Um, yeah, I was. I didn't know that we were going like what changed your worldview and. Well, I mean, I think that's, that that sounds like it sounds like that's had the most effect on your life. Like it really chose your life path. <laughs> really? No, it just it's it's things that you know like help well, help yeah. rekindle my love for reading because you yeah. know like. Uh, All jokes aside, fell, I get, I get fell that. Out of favor, yeah. and then just started devouring books again in middle school and. You know, kind of fell out again, and then um, read Lord of the Rings, and that was like my first fantasy book, I think, because uh, everything else I'd read had been like little kid books, and um, then I went into like serial killer shit. Yeah. So, but like reading Lord of the Rings was like, oh shit, fantasy's great. Quick, quick little aside, I made the a joke with uh, Brand Ambassador Ryan. I'm going to go visit him this summer, and uh, uh, or fall. And I made the joke that like y'all should find me a rich, a rich uh, uh, single woman to be my sugar mama, and like I could just be a yeah. refugee husband for her. And uh, I, I said the number one reason, like I made a list of like nine reasons why I should be, and my number one reason was uh, I've read Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit multiple times, so basically I know the terrain of New Zealand like as good as a lifelong resident. So true because New Zealand is Middle Earth. Yes, Derek, what's your second book? My second book is Extreme Ownership uh, by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. It is a very interesting book um, about management and also partly about the Battle of Ramadi. It's a weird book, okay? The people that wrote it are Navy SEALs, and it's about the management. They are now management consultants and authors and podcasters now that they've gotten out of uh, the SEALs, or at least Jocko Willink is. Um, and basically, it preaches a management style that he tells people, and then he ties in to how that works for why it works for helping people in, in groups working together and things like that, just management stuff. But also he then, te- he tells it through anecdotes, through stories of the war and battle and, uh, that he went through it when he was in war. Yeah. Yeah. And mostly it comes, it changed pretty much everything for me. Like I was reading this right when I started therapy and was watching a whole bunch of lectures and philosophy stuff. And it all happened all together at the same time. And then, like, looking back, I thought it had, like, the least impression or least effect on me. And then I tried to go back and pin down where my n- new, like, approach to life came from. And it's the- most of it is just okay. that. Basically, it's... I may give that a read here. Like a big old head change for you? Yeah. I mean, it's it's all about exactly what it says. It's extreme ownership. It's like, you are responsible for everything that you do. Um, 
so and and like to the point of okay so see, i'm not we're not laughing at you we're laughing at i sat on a trumpet just a moment ago and i apologize for that but and i was trying to talk through it and <laughs> well, y'all are both fucking children well she started laughing which made me laugh and now it's uh, gotten out of hand all right sorry, sorry i leaned to the side so my laughter wouldn't be heard all well, you had to do was ignore me well like, if i leaned to the other side times. i'm going to catch a full brunt whiff of that crawfish farts and that's tragic sorry Derek. Derek's I trying to be serious i apologize Derek. that was rude of me um Jeez, you have a real moment and i literally i literally minutes, sat Bob. on a trumpet and that Jeez. is that is my bad all right so i'll take ownership of my fuck up here so yeah no, i want to read that no it's so. real good uh Mostly, like the do you, do you do you have it in print or just the audiobook? Audiobook okay. read by him. Uh, the most interesting, like basically, my favorite thing to kind of give an idea of what it's about is he tells a story about he's on a mission. It goes horribly wrong, and then when he gets back, everybody like the big time people are coming in to be like, "What the fuck happened?" Because like there was friendly fire deaths. And he was like, oh, my God, what happened? How did this happen? What? How do we get here? And he started looking at everything, and everybody was pointing fingers, and everybody was saying it was this person. And he was like – and th- they basically get there, and he's like, you know what? It was my fault. I should – I could have done this better. I could have done this better. I could have this better. And all these people that had been blaming other people saw that and was like – he's right. He could have done that. But honestly, I could have done X, Y, and Z better, yeah. and we could have yeah. got – yeah. Hmm. And it's just like, and everything kind of builds off of the idea of like, when you take responsibility for your life, you have control over it. Even if you don't actually have control over it, telling yourself that you do makes you free as a person and gives you the ability to do the things that you need to get done. Nice. Huh. I like it. I dig it. I like so, it. but yeah, it's real good. I like it a lot. Um. All right. So my last one kind of builds a little bit off of yours, Dirac. Um, so I, as I said on like the news episode, I just finished, uh, it's it, Terry Crews, Terry Crews book. It's called manhood. Uh, it's got a longer, it's like manhood, a guide to being a man or just living with one. Yeah. Being a better man or just being a better man or like just that. living with one. Yeah. And it's mostly autobiographical and like without going too, too in depth in it, it's basically like, uh, 80% memoir and then like more like 85 percent memoir just talk just talking about like everything in his life how he got to be where he is today and then like 15 percent of it is kind of some of the lessons that he's learned from it (laughs) so stop laughing um so uh it's really got like so there's a couple things in there that i'm going to start trying to implement in my life in the short term. Uh, but uh, quite a few things, actually. Um, but one, the thing that it's got me most thinking about is what is my definition of what makes you a man, so to speak? And he talks about, like, you know, when he was younger, a man was definitely like somebody, you know, would get into fights and, you know, da-da-da-da and this, that, and the other. And it's like, is that what makes, like, now where he's at in life, is that what makes you a man? Because he doesn't think so anymore. You know, it's like he's got different views on, like, what makes you a man. And so, like, now it's got me thinking about, like, coming up with my own definition of what makes you a man. So, yeah. Neat. 
Neat. Neat. Ugh, I feel real bad. Y'all both went like, here's some health books that helped well, me. Well, to be fair, like every other episode this season pretty much has been, been, like, been yeah. about like, yeah. like you kind of going in like personal experiences yeah. and whatnot. So. And, and, here's, and, and if we're being honest, like mine is like extreme ownership is really probably like 75% memoirs of battle stories and how he led like led yeah. people in the well, field and things yeah. like that here's, here's plus thing. management things but that's kind of helped me make connections well, in my yeah. head to where well, I here's live the thing. like this Terry Crews book I don't know that I would have I mean I devoured it in more or less a sitting like I sat there and every free moment I had I plunged and like I read it in a night kind of deal like yeah. I went all in this but part of that was like if it had been just like him his theories on manhood no I, cares. I wouldn't have done it. Um, it was more like, here's a memoir about me. I was a piece of shit. Don't do what I did. Yeah. And here's what I've learned from it. And like, the only book on writing I will ever recommend to anyone is Stephen King's On Writing. And you know what? It's like 70% memoir. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, if your self-help book isn't, or something like that, isn't about you. memoir-y, yeah. I probably don't have time for you, yeah. to be to be honest. Yeah. So. Fair. But yeah, yeah, you're right. I guess I do like a lot of on oh, my feels. Yeah, on other episodes. For for being a robot, so. you yeah have a surprising number of feelings. So I didn't. I didn't, beep I didn't boop. get deep in, yeah. in my feels this episode. Yeah, so. no, that works. Mm, superficial. <laughs> mm. All right. Mm, I feel well, inadequate now. There's just feels. just now. All right. Give give There's give one other. Just don't go into it. Just give a book recommendation for something else that was a little more deeper feel mm. book. That emergency contact. No, <laughs> I mean emergency contact was really good. It but resonated, but I don't have enough fact. Yeah, yeah. Um, codependent. No more by Melanie Beattie. Okay. See, there you go. Read there. that. I think that even if you don't have a codependency problem, maybe you ought to still give it a listen because. I don't know, particularly for females, like you're raised to like help take care of people, but helping take care of people can also cripple them in a way and take Table take them. away their ownership and their ability to do their own things. So uh, I and yeah. become full sick. Yeah, I'm uh, yeah. in therapy. Child of an alcoholic. Yeah, they teach you. Yeah, yeah. which so that was something. Like, yeah. You might check out Manhood because Terry Crews was. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, child and alcoholic, and a lot of that he talks about, like how much because of that he was a pleaser, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like, like you don't understand that that's not what everyone does. Yeah, yeah. and like he he talks. You don't realize that not everyone has to take care of every everything. single person yeah. ever. Yeah, it not is, everything is. is your fault. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we have a whole triangle of shit that goes together. Yeah, feel better now. Yes, good. All right. <laughs> so uh, in the coming week, I hope that the glowing bulb of your lamp warms you without burning you and may the blessing of the what beard be upon you. I feel like you need to write these down. Next I love time. lamp. Brave little toast is a great movie. Don't, don't you dare. No, say it. no. You, I tried earlier. I love this. I er- love this. I, I love, love lamp. lamp. Do you really love the lamp? I love, lamp. I'm Ron Burgundy. Oh, uh, did someone get with the, have you never seen Anchorman? I, I have, but I thought the, I love lamp was a, I, no, brave not little a brave toaster reference. And earlier today, you kind of naysayed brave little toaster. No, I was calling your car a brave little toaster. He he was mm. sensitive about it because like, he was thinking yeah. about someone naysaying blanky. Yeah, and it made him All very right. angry. How All scary right. was that vacuum? That cleaner? vacuum was terrifying. All right.
Um, may the blessing of the beard be upon you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Books, Beards, Booze. Our co-hosts are Bob, Derek, and Tanya. Our producer is Bob. For more information, visit our website, booksbeardsbooze.com. Follow our social media at Tales by Bob. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, and share. Okay, bye.